Released on Sunday, December 28th, 2014. This Agile Life, episode 69. Wookies and cookies. Trademarked. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Try again, try again, try again, try again, start oh, Sorry, I wasn't ready. Oh, my Amos, you I jerk. I couldn't talk for 30 seconds. You could just listen. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. You know, we should make this the start of the show, Amos. I think this is the start of the show. I don't think there's I, any, there are no do-overs here. This is this agile life, okay? And I like this to, is live. Yes, this is this <laughs> no. agile life live. So oh, start over, Craig. Don't be a hater. <laughs> okay, we're fine. I think it should be the start of the show. Well, Just we saying. we messed it all because we stopped. So. We're just going to do it again, and whatever happens, happens this time. Okay, how about that? Don't be a jerk, Amos. Go. <laughs> you got to trill it next time. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. Welcome to This Agile Life. For tonight's episode, my name's Jason Tyson. I'll be your host, um, rather than John Sextro, and... Something I'll share. I appreciate everyone coming along for this journey of This Agile Life since one thing we've been working on this year is we want to make sure that everyone involved with the This Agile Life podcast can record an episode. So tonight um, I'm going to be your host and we'll see what we get into. And the good news for all of you out there listening is I'm not alone and I have some great colleagues who have joined us this evening to discuss a few topics. So guess who's back? Back again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Who could that be? Who could that be? Anyone? Can anyone guess? I think it's Santa. Yes. Oh, it's Chewbacca. I, oh, my goodness. What did we do? Yes, this. see, John's not here. We have a big budget. We hired Chewbacca to be on This Agile Life. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, that is the one and only Amos King. Yes, Amos, welcome back to This Agile Life. You got a shout out to anyone tonight, Amos? Thank you. I missed you. Yeah, just you, Tice. I really missed you a lot. I missed you guys very much. Uh, and uh, I was really happy to hear that you mentioned our lightning and thunder talks. And uh, we got a picture of us together smiling. So everybody really knows that we don't actually hate each other. I, I had fun, Amos. I'll be back. We need to do that again. So I-, I think that we should start a lightning talk meetup group where every month is just lightning talks. There's a couple of those. A, a great thing. Just, you know, hey, let's start the picks early in the show. John's not here, so we'll throw the <laughs> format out the window. Woo! Here's a pick if you haven't checked it out. Woo! Um, in your local market, look for a Pachacacha night. That's where people... A wah, wah, a wah, wah, wah. It's called Pachacacha. It's You're going to have to spell that. I will. I'll put it in the show notes, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, we'll mention it at the end. But it's a Japanese presentation format. It's kind of like um, any night talk. You do 20 slides, 20 seconds each. So it's a real quick presentation. It's a lot of fun. So the slides have to be set up to automatically advance, but it, it keeps you on your toes. Um, the cool thing about Amos's event that he organized in St. Louis was most of the presenters did not use slides, which was really cool. That, that was interesting. It's not something I expected. Yeah. So, well, so also that, Toastmasters sounds like what you're talking about, too. Well, Toastmasters has Short a thing. Talk. Yeah, they have a thing called Ignite, which is a little different, but everyone's got one. But for those of you listening, I think you recognize that other voice. That is the one and only Craig Buchek. Oh, yeah. So, hey. Welcome we have tonight, Craig. lots of one and onlys tonight. Yes, All right. one and onlys. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> three, here. Three one and onlys, huh? Everyone Woo. here is unique. So there, there is no host tonight. We're all in this together. So it's the holidays, and we all want to have a nice, jovial holiday spirit. How does that make you feel, Amos? Yay! Wonderful. I love, I love the holidays. I just wish I lived somewhere further south. <laughs> So Amos doesn't like it cold, I guess. That's, Although, that's right. So I uh, just put a fire in the fireplace. Oh, that sounds nice. It's so Craig, two times this week. Craig, you got a shout out for anyone tonight before we get started? Uh, not really. Not really. Okay, <laughs> that's a new thing. We're doing shout outs here. Shout outs. We should have no. talked about that. Shout I wish you wa- warned us about this. Yeah, warn, warn, warn my brother next time. You know, I, I thought Amos a long time ago, we decided that we don't plan on this Agile Life. We like to wait until the last responsible moment. So you're finding out as we do this live. How does that sound? I love you, Tice. All right. That's fantastic. Well, for everyone out there, we thought we'd tee up a topic tonight that we started talking about as we came together um, here. It's, it's holidays 2014, and I, it, this is kind of a, a festive topic. Since, um, so, 
I, I think we should get ready to rumble on this one. Guys. Oh, really? Well, we, get, we be careful, Amos. We don't want to get a lawsuit there. I believe that's a trademark. But, uh, but this goes back to incentives and rewards. And so um, I'll tell a story about an experiment that I recently did in real life. And um, it has proven to be a little controversial. And we'll see what my colleagues here, Craig and Amos, think about it. So um, I work with an organization where we have uh, we, we've adopted a pattern that David Anderson recommends in his Kanban book called Operations Review. And that's a meeting where teams come together and they share metrics and data about experiments that they're conducting to improve. So the whole idea of an ops review is it's designed to reinforce your teams having a culture of continuous improvement. And so what we thought we would do for fun, a challenge we always have, we have the ops review is we don't have enough time for people to present. So we thought we'd kind of ask for volunteers and say, who wants to present this month? And what we then did is people come and they listen in the audience and they give feedback and ask questions. So what we said we would do is after the presentations, we would give everyone a little secret ballot and they could write the team down that they thought gave the most compelling presentation. And that team would be rewarded with a little pizza party, not a big reward, you know, not a bonus, not a day off, just a little pizza party for fun. And so, Amos, I'll ask you, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? So the way that you presented it earlier, I think, was uh, before the podcast was a little less good. Uh, I still don't think it's a great idea. To me, the whole carrot and stick thing is really bad. It doesn't work for raising children. It doesn't work for raising great teams. And there are other companies out there who will just present the carrot to the people that you're trying to present a carrot on a stick. And so they'll go where they can get the carrot without the stick. Okay, Craig, what about you? Um, well, I know that there are some ideas in the book uh, Drive by Daniel H. Pink. Uh, unfortunately, I own the book, but have never read it. Uh, and then there's another book that talks about this topic even more called Punish, Punished by Rewards. And both of them basically make the case that carrot and stick actually aren't the best motivations. Um, there's other things that are um, better at motivating people, um, things like self-actualization and sort of um, motivation needs to be come from within, intrinsic, intrinsically instead of extrinsically. Yeah, that's right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So that's where it's been interesting because I thought, you know, we were just have to have a little bit of fun. Uh, you know, I've already had the, a serious discussion with some people at work about how, well, if people sat back, they could say, okay, boy, if I put a little effort into this, I could actually win a pizza party. And they would say, that's not that, there's not much value in a pizza party. So who cares? You know, why, why do we need this? And so I guess I hear that. Uh, but let me ask you this. Given that scenario, we've kind of, if anything, we want to have people listen to these presentations and be engaged. Is there another thing we could do to promote engagement of the audience as people are presenting their ideas and they want to get feedback about their improvement? Uh, I think that you reward after, after the fact, without telling them that ahead of time there is going to be a reward is is one way. Um, and but I guess you're trying to say how ahead of time can we encourage people to participate? And and I, I don't think you do. I think that at the end of the first presentation, you like maybe ask a few questions about the presentation, toss out candy to people who answer, or toss out some candy, and that immediately is a reward. They didn't know it ahead of time. And you're rewarding the people who are doing what you want them to. Right? Maybe, okay, but maybe let's say, I mean, throw candy at people. I mean, what, are we at the zoo, Amos? I mean, that <laughs> sounds like something you go to see the sea lion show at the zoo and they throw the, they throw fish at the seal and, yeah, ooh, claps its fins. You know what I mean? Do you, do you know why they throw fish at the seal? Well, it's... Because it's, it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that's the, one of the best examples of carrot and stick. Then it's like, okay, then... Well, let me ask you this. Does that backfire? So first, first, um, you know, first presentation is given. What if this is the thing? Because what, what I was thinking of was like a voting currency. So suppose people come into the meeting and, and you want to incentivize them to pay attention and be engaged. Maybe we think of it like a vote. So you give everyone one piece of candy. And they can then throw that piece of candy at whoever they want during the session to basically provide some recognition. That's the, effectively the same thing we did. 
it's presented a lot differently. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel if that would work. What do you think, Craig? Um, I, I suspect that there's situations where sticks and carrots work or sticks work and carrots work, but I don't know what those situations are. And, and I think it's kind of fun to, you know, throw a little piece of candy or something that someone answers a question. Um, or, or ask a question, something you want to encourage in your presentation, but you know, not having that expectation up front is kind of a... I think that the fact that it's a surprise or you weren't expecting it actually makes the reward better. Yeah, no, that's kind of... We, yeah. We've talked about that, and that's when I, I agree with that, that I think things could have come out differently with the experiment if we hadn't advertised up front that we were going to you know, have this kind of, I, I want to say, uh, this, this, uh, this drawing... But at the end, suppose you do that once. What happens if you don't continue it? Would that would that help to sustain innovation or well, sorry, well, sustain motivation? Or would you guys here? Here's if you want to have people come to your talks, make them interesting. I mean, that's really that's really well, the he, answer. I think make that's it. what he was he was doing was trying because it was for the people presenting that. We're getting the party, right? Yeah. Well, the the, the the group they support. So, again, Operations Review, this is where the team sends some representatives to talk about their improvement. And, again, our criteria was the group that gave the most compelling presentation. The people of the audience could determine um, whatever compelling was. Specific things we wanted to avoid was where, say, leadership or management would, you know, say, oh, I think this one's the best. Because, you know, we don't want to have that. We want to really get people empowered to challenge their their peers about about improvement. And so we want to do something to get people to find, you know, to pay attention and, and maybe ask some questions. So at the end of the session, they could decide which one they thought was the most compelling. So once upon a time. <laughs> I worked at a company who did something very similar to this. Uh, they had all the teams get give presentations at a company-wide meeting, and they gave that team some money that they could spend on something in their team area, right? And what ended up happening is that the presentations that won, and really all the presentations, got lost in actually giving information to anyone else in the company and became more comedic, uh, entertainment entertainment which is fantastic and it, it yeah. boosted company morale i think but it didn't do the intention of the people up above because they knew that they were being voted on by the crowd well it's interesting because this this experiment actually did have it is because we we didn't have a lot of presentations we actually had three so it wasn't like you had to listen to a lot so i, I think what we're getting to there's about five variables here that i that i'm um kind of just took some notes on and that is that, you know, it's like, what is our goal? So do we want to have people engaged? Um, I think, Amish, your scenario, again, that demonstrates that if you're putting a program or a meeting together, there is a point where you might have too much information and it gets overwhelming. Oh, no, they had no information. It was just every presentation was, how funny can we make this? <laughs> well, but that, that's where I think that, again, what was the vision of the event? I think that it sounds like that that wasn't really... I mean, this was an operations review, and so, again, we can thank David Anderson. It has a very defined meaning for what an operations review is supposed to be. Uh, it should be talking about what you're trying to improve, how you're measuring it, and it's intended to be a dialogue where other people who are familiar with what you're doing can give you feedback, and if anything, they can challenge you like, hey, have you thought about this? Do you have a metric for this? And, you know, oh, that's a great idea. I'll put that in, and I'll present that in the next session you know so it's designed to be that type of interaction so we it sounds different from that other that other scenario you were describing well and i don't know i guess it, it can be different but i've also seen companies offer other rewards to people for uh if you meet this this deadline or you hit this milestone then we'll give you a day off or we'll give you a hundred dollars cash or we'll do this or we'll do that and again i've watched that that happens and immediately they have people that start quitting okay because they go to other companies that will just offer the carrot without the stick and i've watched it destroy team morale because they're like look we're already working as hard as we can and they're saying hey work a little harder and we'll give you something for it i'm sorry your scenario is slightly different but i think that you're you're borderlining on that same thing i i, don't, I do not detest that and even when we came up having 
you know, when the whole idea came up having, you know, read Daniel Pig's book, I was kind of like, yeah, but then again, it's a, it's just for fun. So I don't know, Craig, what you got any final thoughts on this weird topic we've been talking about here? Um, I, I do like the idea of, uh, your peers voting and, and being a part of that. And, and hopefully it'd be even better if it was a consensus, you know, selection. Um, but yeah, there, there can be downsides to that and unintended consequences is probably the biggest issue. Well, let, let me ask you guys this. You're, you're both people out there working on teams, working in an organization. What if we just did the voting and we gave away really the, the, the incentive becomes recognition amongst your peers, which actually, uh, to, to in full transparency, we did. Uh, we actually published proceedings from the oper- from the operations review, which is part of David Anderson's techniques. So everyone knows what happened. We even published so, the, the results of the voting, so people understand who kind of won and had the most compelling presentation. So I think any time that you go give a presentation to your peers, that that should be the compelling reason is you're getting recognition from your peers. Yeah. So I would be much happier if I went up there and I gave a presentation and you said, Hey, miss, great. Everybody voted for you and you got a pizza party and be like, uh, that's kind of cool. But if someone that I was presenting to, like if it's a group of 20 people and one of them walked up to me afterwards and said, that was awesome. You did great. Hey, this one point really impacted my life. I would be way happier than any carrot and stick thing. I think that, and I think that as you do that carrot and stick thing and you let that crowd vote, they feel like, oh, my vote will tell them that I appreciated their thing. So now I don't mm-hmm. go talk to that person uh-huh. and give them my appreciation. So they lost out on a bigger thing that could help their ego for lack of a better word and and push them further even next time so there's there's a couple things one is that pizza party might have an effect but it probably won't last as long as just someone going up to you and saying hey that was a great talk you know that's that's something that stays with you longer um and, and the other thing is we had i had a company not too long ago and we voted on bonuses and it was like it was over a thousand dollars. It might have been over two thousand. I don't remember. Whatever, but it was anonymous voting, and there was actually no technical limits to how many times you could vote. And so, when some people won, it was like, "Yeah, that person deserves it." And some other people won. It's like, "I'm pretty sure they gamed the system." And so, it actually definitely had a a negative, unintended consequence. Well, and. When you start having people vote for other people to get bonuses, you create animosity amongst team members. Well, yeah, that's what, you know, the thinking someone didn't deserve something is creating well, animosity for sure. Well, right. Or even if you think they deserved it, but you think that you deserved it too, and maybe you didn't get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. like, oh, maybe I should have been in that top three and I wasn't. I'm just as good as they are. But right. Craig, Craig, what you're talking about is interesting to many. So w- was this an organization that truly had what they call transparent salaries? Where No. Okay. I, don't, I don't think so. So no. See, what I've observed no. is, is typically for those systems to work or those type of a, uh, that type of an incentive scheme oh, to work, yeah. it has to be fully transparent. So it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is the full bonus pool we can have to spend on anything. You know, take-home pay, take-home bonus, uh, upgrades around the office you know anything like that and you know if you you have to be fully transparent for it to work otherwise people start assuming that there's some secret negotiations in the back room so so what's my way forward here i I, like as i mentioned this is a live experiment we're doing uh the got in some interesting reviews actually i had some people told me they liked the pizza party but they're people that maybe know don't know all the science behind what Daniel Pink studied when he wrote Drive. So is it is it something that, I mean, what's a recommendation you guys can give me? I think that you should encourage people from the audience to just go up and say thank you to the person who did it right. Um, well, you were at the Lightning Talks, and I encourage everybody to go give feedback to the people they heard talk. At um, <clears throat> one point in time, uh, a while back, we had had a similar talk night and I had door prizes and I had everybody vote on what talk that they thought was the best. And that's who got the door prizes. And it wasn't near as much fun. There wasn't as much talking and feedback. And I guess people, this is where I got the idea of your vote is your feedback. And so you don't actually give the verbal feedback. 
Well, and maybe at that point, even for the pizza party, it becomes a, uh, you know, aim is to take the pattern you used at your light at your thunder snow talks. You know, where I believe the criteria was anyone who gave a talk was eligible to win a door prize. Oh no, no, it was everyone who came was required to give a talk. Okay, so nonetheless, <clears throat> everybody gave. I was a talk. slashing tires if they didn't. Well, so everyone gave a talk. <laughs> As people gave a talk. Craig put their name into a Ruby script, which then at random picked a uh, picked winners. So, right. if I guess I'm struggling to say, is that not a little bit of carrot and stick? If you say, hey, by simply showing up and <laughs> giving a talk, and hey, you might win. Okay, well, no, no, because there was there was actually originally there were no there, there were no door prizes originally. That's true. That was yeah, but brought in gave, by a sponsor. Yeah, but you gave them away at the heat of the moment, nonetheless. But we give away door prizes on almost every meeting. Yeah. Whether you speak or not. Just for showing up, you can get a prize. So there was actually a disincentive to show up. And that was the fact that if you showed up, there was the expectation that you would talk. Right. And, and I made that very clear ahead of time. And, without and we door had, prizes being listed. We had, a, we had a co-worker we convinced to come. He was from out of town, and he happened to be in town. and. He, he's very shy. He he did not want to talk, but he got up there. He talked for a little while, and you know he didn't think he did very well. And honestly, he didn't do that well. But you know what? Next time he gets up there, he's going to do a little bit better. And and you know we were proud of him to to face his fears and get up there and and you know give it a and, shot. And and to be fair, if anybody had said I really don't want to talk, they would have still had their name in the drawing. Everybody in that room was going to get their name in the drawing. Oh, and now you touch. See, Amos, I was going to say, you got to know your audience, because some of us, like John and myself, oh, we can talk. We're going to show up. Yay, we get to be on the program. So that <laughs> you did be, have a five-minute limit. Yes, uh, so which we used all of. So, but Okay, so let's talk about this. We're talking about this scenario here. What's the way forward? So suppose you're out there, you're listening to this Agile Life, you're on a team, you see this carrot and stick stuff going on, you know, some of these environments that we're describing here, even this, this pizza party scenario. That's your reality. Uh, what do you do? I mean, what do you do, Amos? I think that, I don't know. You just need to make sure that you're verbalizing your thanks. I think a real thank you and a sincere thank you and some good feedback will make people a lot happier than, than this quick gratification and carrot and stick leading you. Not only do we have people like Daniel Pink telling you and drive not to do that, but if you read any parenting books or coaching books or anything like that, they all tell you the same thing. Carrot and stick doesn't work. It causes more problems than it helps. So I'm going to read here from the Punished by Rewards synopsis. Do rewards motivate people? Yes, they motivate people to get rewards. So basically, when you set up a reward system, people are going to game the system to get the rewards. That's why when we, anytime we set up a game, we basically have to align the, 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 the rewards and the, the, you have to think about how people are getting, I mean, going to game the system and make sure that is a positive, not a negative. Um, sort of like Amos's uh, example of um, making stories smart, smaller. So um, you don't want to, uh, um, if you allow people to, put points on stories, and then you expect people to get faster, what will happen is people start putting more points on stories so it looks like they're getting faster by not actually doing any work. Um, the way that Amos likes to game the system is say every story is worth one point. Now you're going to end up with smaller stories. People are going to break down the stories as small as they can, and that's generally a positive thing that we want. So you're, you're aligning the gaming of the system to what you actually wanted. I, I was tracking number of stories we were getting done in a week in like 2007 when I first started working with Tysts. Um, that was the thing that I started tracking shortly after I started working there. I was like, this, uh, this point thing is not working. We are not being predictable. And whenever we were told to speed up, that's what we were doing. Exactly what Craig said. We just padded points. So it looked like we were going faster according to our numbers. So and, and hence this becomes a no estimates discussion. Um, right. Uh, well, <laughs> well, 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 no. Well, that's not uh, what I'm trying to do. No, yeah, it was just an example. So your your question was, if carrot and stick don't work, what do work? 
Yeah, like, and, or, or and, what What do you appreciate? I, mean, I guess, you know, we're... Actually, my specific question was, what if what if you're in a carrot and stick environment, what can you do? And actually, <laughs> I do have a suggestion on that for everyone that's... I like to say there's nothing stopping you from doing this. It's really to kind of say, I'm going to bypass the system, and I'm going to lead by example. So suppose... Right. Even to go into someone like your manager or leadership to say that, okay, I see how you're choosing to incentivize us, but you know what, I'm going to go beyond that and do something like we've said here that has more more uh, lasting uh, motivation or more enduring motivation. And, you know, I'm just going to give you a compliment. Here's what I really appreciate about you. Or maybe I'll even also give you some constructive criticism to help you improve. And Amos, just like you said before, I think that's that's enduring. And, and so those things don't cost anything. So in my opinion, there's nothing to stop anyone out there from doing that to anyone they work with be it a peer or even be it a manager or supervisor. And really, I, I think I can't see anything good that would not come from that because you're basically giving someone a compliment or you're giving someone a way that they can improve. And those are things that people should be appreciative for. And you should probably try to give one of each of those. <laughs> sure. Or, or what is it, the Oreo cookie method? Uh, I think well, that's what my wife calls two, it. it well, give a compliment. You give a compliment, then you give a uh, constructive criticism, and then you give another compliment. Do you know why that is? You give, the compliment. Like you give the compliment first so they start listening, and you give the compliment last so that their memory of the situation is a positive one. There you go. So, so now we've got, we've got our marching orders there. And... Uh, unfortunately, the thing is, we already live in a carrot and stick society. Uh, your salary is usually carrot and stick. There are people at your company, if you're an employee, that make more money than you. And there are people that make less money than you. And it's all carrot and stick. So whether whether it's transparent or not. Yeah, salary is probably one of the more positive carrots, though. Um. Uh, although, you know, they do say to a point, there's a certain point where your salary doesn't matter in happiness statistics. Um, in fact, they say education is more important to your happiness than your salary. Um, well, and if everybody at work is complimenting you on the work that you do every day and giving you constructive feedback, you're probably more likely to stay longer, even at a slightly lower salary. Well, true. Yeah, That's true. Definitely. Yeah, Amos, I want to hit that because that actually that was in the Harvard Business Review last month talking about the number one thing in organizations these days is doing things to promote engagement and how doing things with regards to how you're running teams and projects to promote engagement keeps people motivated and focused more so than any other type of incentive or compensation scheme. So, so, all right. So, so drive the synopsis is basically that motivation is, is driven by autonomy, mastery, and purpose, but, but those are intrinsic. So, how do you trick people into intrinsic motivation? You know, or how do you how do you get engagement? These are really hard things to get out of someone else. Well, yeah, you have, I, I, or, yeah. or do you find people that are self starters and self motivated? Well, no, no. I mean, it starts with autonomy. You've got to give people enough autonomy for them That's to true. go and figure out what it is. And so, again, if you show up at a job and you're doing knowledge work, and you have to understand. We're talking here about things like software development, where the nature of work is what's called knowledge work versus task work. You know, the first, your first step, you know, your first day or your first week on the job should be, hey, here's the big problem we're trying to solve in this organization, this big team. Go figure out how you fit in. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll roll it that way versus showing up and being told, here's the eight things you need to go do. Mm-hmm. And so, because if you give that, that gets people engaged. You're like, oh, I'll figure this out. It's kind of cool. I'll do some more experiments. And, and a thing that I have said on here in the past, uh, and I've told a lot of people this, is you can't use this all the time because it, it will lose its effectiveness. But when someone is really doing a great job and you see somebody, like you've given them that autonomy and they've gone above and beyond, when you thank them, don't do it verbally. Don't do it in an email. Hand write a note and give it to them. And what? What? Would, you, would you do that for the lasting factor, Amos? Uh, I I had somebody. I had a couple of people that I had handwritten notes to. 
um, in the past. And one of them I found out had it in a frame in their office at home because it's the only time that they had been given like plaques and awards and stuff like that. But that handwritten note meant more to them than anything. I also met somebody's parents after I had handwritten a note for them. Uh, I just happened to run into them at the mall and they were with their parents. Um, this was not a kid. This is an adult whose parents just happened to be with him. And he introduced me to them and they're like, oh, you're the one that wrote my son a note. Like he told his parents that he got a handwritten note from a coworker that just said, great job. No, no, Amos, because it means a lot. Well, and Amos, I really like that. If anything, I think that's great. Uh, practical advice from this episode. Uh, I'll ask. Let's have a let's have a confession here. Okay, a little a little um, full disclosure. So does anyone? I've never written Tice a handwritten note. If that's what you guys are asking. <laughs> no, no. But that was th- thanks, Amos. Wow. No, see, I love what, you, Tice. See what you get if you work with Amos. You know, he talks about these. He talks a game. I don't know. No, he he plays it in real life. But <laughs> so, do any of you guys have a portfolio or shoebox? Anything that you actually keep for your career? Um, like where no, you kept, really. I'm going to use the term physical artifacts, you know, like not, not digital, not, not source code, you know, not stuff, but like where you've got like, I, mean, I was in the military. I have like plaques and, and ribbons and medals and uniforms. I have all kinds of things. Well, so that's that what you're talking about. Yeah, well, military <laughs> is interesting several- and it would be interesting to talk to military and carrot and stick, but that's another episode. So let's, let's well, not and, go there. And I, I would like to say again. My biggest thing that I ever got out of the military was not any of those plaques or ribbons or awards. It was, I got a note from my commander. Well, it's also, you, I think you also got a lot of personal defined experiences, Amos, that made you the great person that you are. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't second guess. Oh those. my gosh. I love you, Tice. Well, it's a hard freaking job. So I'll be honest with you. So then, of course, thank you for your service. My my artifacts would be my shelves full of books and um including a few that are training manuals that I wrote. But that's I, and I I do have a jacket for Mason Lots of things that I've learned. Well uh, and and the books are sort of uh I don't know, talismans or totems for you know, representing things that I've learned. Um, Some people I, collect I tattoos. Craig collects books. <laughs> I guess Amos's suggestion is to, you know, go ahead and write a note to someone who you have a compliment for, which I, I totally agree with. And actually, I was doing that um, earlier today, kind of wrapping up the year. It's, uh, I'll share it's kind of, I think it's an opportunity for maybe all of us to improve to say, why is it that the end of the calendar year triggers a lot of, and the holiday season triggers these types of behaviors that, Maybe if we take a step back and think about the big picture, the world would probably be a little bit better if we all could be more frequent with this type of behavior, not just wait till the end of the year or the holidays. But don't wait. yeah, but my, all- my wife and I don't celebrate uh, Valentine's Day. Why? She'd rather mean gave her a, a box of chocolates on a random day than Valentine's Day. <laughs> not bad. Do it the day after. It's a lot cheaper. I like that. (laughs) Craig's talking my language, but but what I wanted to say is, if you've never kept like I'll use the term a scrapbook, I've actually helped teams keep scrapbooks for long running projects. This idea of yeah, as Amos is showing a sketchbook, uh, keep um create a mechanism that you can capture some of these physical artifacts. And then use them to foster your own enduring motivation. So if anything, do some reflection. Like, go back in your, your portfolio like four or five years and say, oh, look, here's this note from Amos when we actually worked together. And Amos thought I was actually nice. But <laughs> So when you said portfolio, I was thinking like professional portfolio, like pictures of websites that I've done and stuff like that. I do and have for a few years. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll take a break and not do it for a while. Remember, um, remember I said, I think the first thing I said was shoebox and what did we all have shoeboxes of when we were kids, right? Like your significant others and stuff. Hey, look, here's a card someone sent me, a Valentine, you know? So oh, I, I have baseball cards, too. I have baseball cards, too. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't do that. Sorry. So I got, I got some Star Wars I, cards, too, from 1970. Ooh, nice. I keep, uh, I, I call it my developer's journal. And I just like jot things down. Or tonight, I drew this absolutely horrific picture of what Tice was looking like to me. Um, <laughs> I, I just well, take notes at conferences. Uh, 
I take notes at conferences and all kinds of stuff. And I just like jot down things that I notice that are maybe causing me problems or good. And I go back in the evening and I glance at that before I end my day. Um, so I guess that would be like my portfolio. Well, um, you know, one thing Amos said, the reason I'll share, I do this and what I, what I like, what I just kind of naturally thought of with your statement just now was how, you know, we're, we're talking, we started tonight talking about incentives and motivation and, Literally, we were creating a mechanism for, I want to say, the system to incentivize people. And realize what I would encourage everyone to think about is invest in building a system you can motivate yourself. And that's what gets you back to purpose, autonomy, and mastery from Daniel Pink, Daniel Pink's book, Drive. So, hey, number one, it's going to be different for everyone, but do some experiments with yourself and find out what works. And you know, maybe Amos journaling works great. For me, I've got my portfolio of retrospective things. And if you ever ask my wife, our, we have a part of our basement that's got posters and stuff from workshops I've done for the past few years. And I finally cleaned it up a while back because it was getting out of hand. But, but nonetheless, have something like that. So do you do a personal retrospective? Oh, I do personal retros. I got a life coach. I got all kinds of crazy stuff life like coach. that. So, so, so yeah. So, I mean, John. So we do sort of a person, I mean, everyone sort of does a, a bit of a personal retrospective at the end of the year, but yeah, that should be more common than, than once a year. And then, you know, we do a lot of goal setting with, with our uh, New Year's resolutions, but yeah, you're right. Those, those things should be almost like a monthly thing or a, a more common thing for sure. I believe that we had a president who once tried to encourage an entire nation to do this. Uh, what did John F. Kennedy say? Ask not what your country can do for you what you can do for your country so figure out how to motivate yourself and to motivate the people around you don't wait for the management to motivate you or the people around you that's your job it's everyone's job and i'm going to make another confession about writing notes so i pulled a paper out of my my notebook that i have in front of me today and right before i left to come record this podcast I drew a heart on a piece of paper and I wrote Amos and Kelly. Kelly's my wife. And I put forever, you know, like this little like, cheesy thing that you would like see teenagers do on a tree in a movie. And I just set it on her pillow. Cause I knew she'd probably be in bed before I came back home. Oh, and like do things like that for your, for your team. Maybe don't write like Craig and Amos forever, <laughs> but <laughs> at least I not in a heart. She'll probably, <laughs> she's probably going to come home and say this at your life. Burn up. Go away. <laughs> well, I think our takeaway from all this is, is a couple things. It's it's first and foremost realize that as Amos and we kind of we kind of we kind of gelled on here at the end is to say number one priority is for you to figure out how to foster motivation and drive within yourself and realize that as people we are complex complex adaptive systems. So that's going to be different for everyone and. Uh, you know, I think about giving compliments to other people, that whole Oreo cookie idea of, you know, give a give a compliment, give some constructive criticism and then give another compliment, you know, to leave, as Craig said, to leave a positive impression. I mean, I think that's a that's a great piece of advice, Craig. Um, and as for me and the pizza party, um, we did communicate we were going to continue our experiment with it for another month. But I think it would be I think we've actually set up a backdrop to maybe as we give that pizza party away to have a little poll or a discussion with the people involved and to if they want to maybe change or maybe they want to do something different to give the pizza party away uh, more so than you know having our little popular vote thing to uh, see uh, see what people think and, and maybe just to draw some focus to this issue because a lot of people don't know this stuff you guys got any other takeaways no i'd be afraid to write a cheesy note yeah that's good <laughs> like like Tice, if I was a circuit, you could turn me on. Maybe uh, not quite that cheesy. Oh my cheese <laughs> circuit turn on. Oh my goodness. Well, I got uh, one. I think that I think that our listeners should tweet at us like the cheesiest uh, line that you could give a programmer. No, let me ask you. Why is it always just a programmer? What? Why is it a? Pro- why can't it be a person on a team, Amos? What? What if you're the product owner? Well, I would never compliment a product owner. Oh, 
Rude. I am, what I, I, I am so kidding. You know come that. Come on. Just a team member. So I, I, we need to go back and we don't do any editing here because that would take too much time. So I, I just we're can't think just of. Say, uh, use your, your men in black brain eraser thing or Amos probably is a cool sound <laughs> effect. Forget what he just said. Give a compliment to another person you work with on your team. <laughs> I uh I just can't think of anything cheesy that I would say to a a product owner. I can think of plenty of cheesy things to say to programmers. Well, let's try this. So, since we're recording here, let's have some fun. So, let's give some let's give some compliments to people we've worked with this year on this Agile Life. Should we do this to kind of close out 2014? So oh, that sounds fantastic to me. So, who can we give some compliments to? Who who else is involved? Do we need to brainstorm these? Like, or we'll ha- we'll just shout about no. so. I got one. Okay, go for it, Amos. John Sextro for keeping this thing going for so long. Yeah, and always continuing to to help move us to the next level. And yes. Tice, Tice, for getting us to record live at a conference, and then for us to do it again this year. Tice for his energy. Wow, and Amos for his energy. I'm so tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you're always hyper. You guys are always hyper. So that's where I have maybe some, maybe a constructive comment is, Amos, are you sure that you're, are you doing everything you can do to remain engaged in the podcast? Okay, that's uh, bad. Uh, right now, yes. <laughs> I got a lot of things going on in my life lately that kind of halted me for a little bit. Well, so to make sure we cover, I want to say, I want to give some kudos to Lee, because Lee always has that, that kind of, you know, I want to say that witty personality, which, as we even talked about in recent episodes, Lee gets talked over by John and I way too much, which is not a good thing, and John and I need to work on that, so that's some constructive criticism for both of us. But, you know, Lee gets that, like, he gets that one thing in there, which is like, and, you know, Craig, you, you do this too, you know, where it's kind of like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, then, oh, ouch. Something short and pithy. Yes, yes. I- I would like to thank someone that actually Craig knows him. I was going to say that none of you know um, is and and maybe he's listening. If he is, maybe he'll he'll text me about it. But uh, a guy named Kyle Stevens uh, that I worked with for a little bit. He just made pairing with him was just really enjoyable, and he was always excited to learn and excited to talk about what he he knew. So it's interesting. I worked with Kyle for a year. And I met him on my first day. Uh, I was up in Boston. He was there. And we had lunch together. And he was really quiet and shy. And just watching him grow over the, over the year I worked with him, he just grew into a leader. And it was cool to watch. So involved with the podcast, I'm someone I want to give some thanks to as our listeners. Since without them, we wouldn't have a podcast. Well, we would have a podcast, but... It's fun to know there are people actually listening to us. So uh, thank you to you guys, uh, guys and gals. And I guess the only feedback that I could give you to help you improve would be we would love, as, as we've said multiple times, to have more engagement with our listener community. So as we, you know, put crazy things out on social media, pod, you know, feedback about episodes, feedback about comments and episodes, we would love to hear just, you know, either I know we have our Google Plus community or go ahead and just even, you know, shoot us a message on Twitter and we'll follow up on that. So um, it would be great to have some more engagement and uh, interaction with our audience uh, going forward. So your feedback oh, is we now, want more feedback. Now no, I have my, to call my, out a listener, too, for giving my, us lots of feedback. This my year. feedback is I want more participation. Like, so interact. it doesn't be feedback. It could be um, it I don't know. I guess anything they give us is technically feedback. Is that what you're saying, Greg? Right, because we're a broadcast medium, so yeah, kind of. Only true. the only feedback that we don't want is disengagement or abandonment. How about that? I guess that is a form of feedback. Yes, uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of speaking with your feet, but not until you've already spoken with your voice. Um, wow, I like that, but I want to. I, I want to call out one of our listeners because he's been very engaged. We actually ended up with him on an episode. He's sent me emails and given me feedback, and I know he's talked to some other people, some of the other hosts, uh, is Joe Barnes. Joe, happy holidays to you and your family, and thank you for all of your feedback and support. 
this week's hottest picks. Okay, so it's the holidays 2014. Time for our picks uh, for the holidays. So who wants to go first? Volunteer. I'll go first. Okay, Amos, what you got this week? I just really don't want to wait for Tice's 45 picks. I know how he is with his picks. Uh, <laughs> Amos' so, first pick is we should have a governance <laughs> process for picks for next year. I'm kidding. Um, my uh, my first thing I just want to say is is John Sexter's pick from the last show, Serial. John, you've gotten me addicted, and it's killing me. Uh, I will listen to that show 30 seconds at a time. If I am like moving between rooms in my building, I'm listening to it. Um, my, my second pick is Tesla.io. Uh, it's, it's a Wi-Fi enabled microcontroller, um, for $75 that runs Node.js. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. They've got a lot of hardware stuff in Node.js and I know that, uh, Node is pretty popular. So, uh, I think a lot of people will find that interesting. Uh, and then just along with the theme of hardware is one of my favorite places online to buy hardware is adafruit.com. They have lots of ideas and, uh, things to get you started and a lot of ways to learn hardware if you don't. And the whole thing about hardware is I got a quote from Alan Kay. People who are really serious about software should make their own hardware is what he said. And uh, I kind of agree with him. It's been it's been pretty cool. The last few, let's say, four to five years, I've been doing quite a bit of hardware. Okay, Miss, those are great picks. Um, yeah. So, Craig, you and I need to decide who goes next. How should we do that? I'll, I'll go. I think you should do. Wait, wait. I think I, I think you guys should pr- play rock paper scissors. And I know that none of the listeners can see, so I can I can tell them what's going on. Okay, so now this has turned into holiday charades. Okay, so <laughs> so we go one, two. Okay, so here we go. So one, two, three. Bo- no, you do one, two, three. Boom. Right. Not like oh, geez. Okay. Here we go. Amos, laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. Uh, they both did paper at the same time, but okay, it was, like, so, weird. Okay, so <laughs> one, two, three, boom. Shoot. Oh, two scissors. Scissors, two scissors. Okay, here we go. Man, you, one, two, We're not doing two out of three. You guys three, take two. Three, boom. Scissors and paper. Craig has scissors. He owns Jason again. This is the most World exciting rock, paper, scissors ever. player. Craig oh, wow. okay. Buchek wins again way, with the upset. I have a game that I'm waiting for John and Amos to play together. It's a verbal game. So that will be on a future episode when John and Amos are both here. You'll love it. Hey, we should talk after this, Tice, because I have an Agile Games idea for you and I to present together. Oh, okay. Anyway, Craig, 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 give us your picks. All right. Uh, my first pick is uh, ThoughtWorks Technology Radar. So I think it's once a quarter they put out their technology radar. And it's kind of a cool idea. So they've actually got four different category techniques, platforms, tools, and languages and frameworks. And they kind of rank different things that are basically on their radar. You know, some new things that they're, uh, they're trying out, um, some things that they've decided they're going to adopt. Um, some things they're assessing and some things that they've decided not to do or to hold on or, or not to move forward with. Um, so it's a cool idea. And uh, I'd also recommend, you know, trying to write your own. What's what's on your radar? Um, if you're writing a blog or if you're trying to start writing a blog, um, a good topic would be, you know, what are some things on your radar? Uh, what are you pro? What are you con? What are you looking forward to? Um, my next pick is a word that uh, English needs to borrow from Japanese, and that word is sundoku. And it means buying books and not reading them, or letting unread books pile up. So, I, I, I thought actually, this is where you had to like get all the numbers in the that, little square. That's sodoku. <laughs> this is <laughs> sun, sundoku. So, uh, you know, we talked about the, the book Drive by Daniel Pink, and, and I bought that, but... Um, yeah, I probably have about fifty or hundred books ahead of it in the in the the reading list. So I, I definitely have subscribed to the notion of sundoku. Uh, and my third pick uh, just came about while listening to uh, to some of the topics at the end of the show. Uh, it's an idea called or a paradox called the ship of Theseus, and it's a thought experiment that says if you've got a ship and you replace every board on that ship, is it still the same ship? 
And it's an interesting thought experiment. And I saw a great solution uh, this past week or two. And, uh, and the answer is a system is itself, even with substitutions of all its elements, because of the interconnections in the purpose. And I thought that was an excellent answer to solve the ship of Theseus. Interesting. I think, I, I think we're blown away. We're thinking about that, Craig, changing all the boards in the ship, and it's the same. I am. All I could think was, <laughs> it depends on how fast you change all the boards <laughs> in the ship. That shouldn't matter, though. Okay, so <laughs> contrary to popular belief, I only have four picks this week. And the way this goes is I always start with a short list, but then I always it grows during the, during the episode. So first and foremost is uh, I have a pick for the animated version of the book Drive by Daniel Pink that we talked about. I think it's a I think it's 13 minutes or so that you can watch on YouTube summarizes most of the book. Um, although I would still recommend picking up the book because in the back in the appendix it has like how to apply the book to your kids, how to apply the books to grade school, um, a lot of really practical applications. But definitely you can check the video out. There's no cost. It's on YouTube. So. To close out our holiday game picks, uh, I got a fun game that was actually kind of, I think it was invented at the Agile Games Conference in 2014. It's called The Power of 13. It's a collaboration game. Uh, Paul Booz published it. Uh, Paul Booz and the group that put it together at the Agile Games Conference. So we've got the link uh, to Paul's site out there if you want to learn how to facilitate that. It's a, it's a dice game, so it, it's a fun game to play because the dice really get people moving around. Uh, also, so we talked a lot about giving feedback. So we're going to try something first time ever. We're going to play an online game with all of you, our listeners, about the podcast. It's um, it's an online visual collaboration game for the holidays. Uh, we'll, we'll do it using Luke Homan's online innovation games platform. We'll have a URL in the show notes you guys can hit. And what we want to ask you is tell us something that you've learned about Agile by listening to This Agile Life. The way it works is you'll see this little post-it note pad um, on the game board just to the left of the picture. You simply go to that, you drag a post-it note, you put it anywhere you want on the game board, and when you put it there, you'll type in a little headline and then a description, and uh, we'll probably talk about those on a future episode, so kind of a, a neat thing. And last but certainly not least, um, we talked about Agile conferences last time a lot. Um, I'm helping out with Agile 2015 this year. Uh, a deadline that's coming up is if you want to submit to Agile 2015 and get some feedback on your submission, you have to submit and request feedback before January 17th, 2015. After that, you can actually still submit up until February 22nd, but you're not allowed to ask for any assistance through the process. You'll simply be submitting to be evaluated. So um, if you want some help with your submission, your deadline's the 17th of January. So those are my picks, and um, I think that's all we got. So... Um, I think that's all we have time for today. So, as the one and only John Sextro says, John Sextro says, check out thisagilelife.com for these show notes and all our past episodes. And of course, thanks for listening and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.